Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on holiness. You guys ready? Is that enough announcements? You want one more? All right, let's do a pointer from Paul. No, I will announce more to come. I just don't want to do a billion things. Yeah, right. All right, pointer from Paul. What do you want, practical or um, always practical? Yeah, let's do always practical. That's just overarching. All right, let me, let me teach you something. This is something that I've learned recently because uh, Chloe and I are buying a ton of new appliances for our house because we just want them. So we're like, because we need them. Because our fridge sounds like, uh, and we don't have an ice maker, so I don't know what the sound is. Um, but it's making noises and it's loud as crap. So we're like, let. and ironically, we haven't gotten a fridge yet. <laughs> Um, we have a new oven and a washer and dryer, which is living under our house right now, unplugged. But anyways, um, so with buying all these appliances, I'm having to drive a trailer, uh, pretty significantly. Um, so here's my tip and I think it applies to life as well. If you don't know how to do something, don't lie about it. First off, and everyone can see you don't know how to back up a trailer, okay? Because you're going to jackknife, and it's you're going to ruin your car if you're like, I got it. But here's what you want to do. You want to figure out how to do it, but here, here's the pointer from Paul. Don't be afraid to start over. If you're neck deep in something and it is just not turning out the way you want it to be, don't be afraid to just scrap it and start from scratch, Okay. So many times I'm like, huh, this is not where I want to go. All right, I'm just going to do a little U-turn. We'll try this again. Oh, my gosh. Um, but you know what? She can confess. I'm kind of a boss at it now. Like, over time, I've gotten a lot better at it over the two months. All right, anyways, that's my pointer from Paul. All right, take me to my other title slide. I love that. Nope, that is not the title slide. There it is. <laughs> Everyone give it up for Josiah. All right, so tonight may be short and sweet because we're going to get out of here and go to a pool party, which, by the way, before you guys get all hype about that, shush, I need to know who all is coming so that we can order pizza and drinks for the right amount, okay? Not right now. Before we leave. Yeah, before we leave. So don't just be like, it's over, let's go! You won't eat, okay? All right, so let's, let's get into it. Holiness! Being holy. Say holy. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. So listen to this. This is our, our framework for tonight. Every commandment or every command that Jesus gave in the New Testament, obviously it's in the New Testament because that's the only place Jesus is at uh, physically, um, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anyways. Um, there's another in the fire. 
I don't know the song. Anyways, um, anyways, every command that Jesus gave is 100% attainable and within grasp for us to accomplish. Okay? Every commandment that Jesus gave is attainable and within grasp for us to accomplish. If it wasn't, he would be cruel to command us to do something knowing full well that we could not accomplish it. Okay? That's the, that would just be the cruelest thing on the planet. But it's a promise that everything that Jesus commanded us to do is well within our grasp to accomplish it. Because Jesus came, there's a plethora of reasons why Jesus came, but one of the reasons why Jesus came is to show what one man fully submitted to God could accomplish, being 100% man. So everything that Jesus did on this planet was 100% man, fully submitted to God, and then he showed us how to walk that life out, right? Okay, so that's our framework for tonight. Let's talk about our cornerstone verse. It's one scripture. You probably have heard it. Josiah, you little jumped the gun, but it's all right. Let's do it now. Be holy as I am holy. Say it with me. One more time. As I am whole. All right. So who's speaking at this point? Jesus. Okay. It should be in red. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. All right. So be holy as I am holy. I'm I'm pretty sure that this is referencing uh, a chapter in Leviticus. Uh, where it's technically not even Jesus talking about this. This is the Father talking about this. Hey, be holy as I am holy, okay? And Peter is just referencing it. But, excuse me, I, I don't know why I, like, got down and, like, burped and then put the mic <laughs> toward the mouth. I should have done should have done that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, golly. All right, so... Let, let's have a little Q&A. When, when I say the word... Holiness. Holiness. When I say the word holiness, what comes to mind? Raise your hand. Jesus. Okay. Shush. What you got? Okay. When there's holes in your jeans. Okay. Okay. Purity. Set apart. Not wearing trashy clothes. Complete. Perfection. And liking nothing. Amen. Worship. Worship. Oh, you just scratched your head. Oh. Okay. Last one. Oh, sorry. Good description of Jesus. Joy. Okay. So, all good. All good. I think they're all wrong. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> like, anyways. Uh, <laughs> I. Okay, and it's actually not all wrong. Um, <laughs> that was just kind of a joke. Um, in its most basic sense, you guys are right. Uh, complete, lacking nothing. Right. That's, that's holiness. It's, it's not just like H-O-L-Y, it's W-H-O-L-E. Like it's whole, it's complete, it's lacking nothing, there's nothing wanting when it's holy, right? Okay, so um, what I think is interesting 
is that the holiest person who ever lived, Jesus, if you need to know, the holiest person that ever lived was called a friend of sinners. Like that was one of his descriptors when he was talking about Jesus, the friend of sinners, right? Um, and he was the holiest person to have ever lived. Um, here's what I think is gnarly. Uh, your boy, I feel so bad saying that. Uh, the amazing Bill Johnson. Can you imagine him? Your boy, Bill Johnson. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bill Johnson has a great teaching on this, and I would advise you to go listen to it. But I, I was listening to a little bit of it today, and uh, here's just some excerpts that I grabbed. <laughs> Amen. Um, that was uh, a not-so-subtle plug, that whole, you are complete and lacking nothing. Go buy it on iTunes. It's redemption music, and you should... And you should uh, go, uh, yeah, don't, don't stream it, go buy it, okay? We make more money that way, and that's why we lead worship, is to make money. If you, if you don't understand the sarcasm, that was sarcastic. Stay tuned, shush, Okay. okay it's great okay here's what i think is interesting jesus is called uh the friend of sinners and so there's this strange i'm getting this out of the way there's this strange dichotomy in jesus's time when he's hanging out and eating dinner with these sinners, right? I mean, we can think of like some of the worst of the worst, right? I mean, one that obviously comes to mind is Zacchaeus, right? So Zacchaeus was a No? Okay, just me. All right, good. Good chat. All right, so he's up in this sycamore tree for the Lord. He went and I don't know the rest. Anyway, so Zacchaeus is up in this tree and he's looking for Jesus. Zacchaeus is an infamous tax collector, Tax collectors were hated in that day because literally they would go in and cheat people out of money. They would, they're like paid thieves. So not only are they paid for their job, they're also getting a little bit extra because they can, because who's going to say anything? So everyone hates tax collectors. And so, and he's, a, I mean, a debaucherous person, right? And so Jesus is walking by the road and then Zacchaeus, uh, there's a great little excerpt in there, but we won't get into it. Um, uh, Jesus looks up in the tree and says, hey, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to eat at your house today. And so immediately these religious zealots, these Pharisees and these Sadducees get ticked off. They're like, doesn't Jesus know who this guy is? Like he's the worst of the worst. And yet he dines amongst, dines amongst sinners, right? And so you see this dichotomy of Jesus preferring the company of sinners and almost hating the company of the Pharisees and Sadducees who are the religious leaders in that day and age. He goes so far as to call them a brood of vipers at one point, right? I mean, Jesus and, and these religious people, they just don't blend well together. So um, when we say holiness, um, holiness in its purest form is something that everyone hungers for because the sinners obviously wanted to be with Jesus. So what happens is Jesus is walking in so much holiness. He's called the Holy One. Like, I mean, if you think of holiness, it's Jesus personified, 
or holiness personified is Jesus, right? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right, cool. So there's this natural draw for these sinners to want to be next to Jesus, to be close to Jesus, and this natural push of religious zealots away from Jesus, all stemming from his holiness. So holiness in its purest form pushes people to want to partake in holiness because the people that should have been cast out and almost pushed away from holiness are drawn in close. Okay, this is why I'm saying like I think we've got it a little backwards. This is backwards, by the way. Everyone do this. Stop. Stop. Twist it. Stop. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, shut up. Why do you know what every movie's made? When did Here Comes the Boom come out? 2012. Golly. You are so... Okay, like I said, tonight may just be like some shotgun blast, but that's all right. Um, Um, So obviously holiness in its purest form is something that everyone hungers for because the sinner wanted to be with Jesus. The only people who didn't want to be with Jesus were the ones who were insulated, say insulated, Insulated. louder, insulated. The, on, the p- only people that didn't want to be around Jesus were the ones that were insulated with a religious system. Say religious system. Religious system. We can do louder. I know. We can do louder. Say religious system. Religious system. Okay. So here's a bold statement. When we think of holiness... And the first thing that comes to our mind is things we can't do or things we should be doing or things we can't see, things we should be seeing, things we can't say or things we can't say or can say or whatever. What it does is I think it it shows that we've been like eating at like the table of the Pharisees. Because Jesus was not about he didn't come down in all of his holiness and be like, Zacchaeus, you suck. Like Stop doing all these things. He said, Zacchaeus, let's go eat lunch. That's what he said. But when he came up to the Pharisees who were trying to pigeonhole him and like keep him in this box and figure out his holiness, as soon as they tried to like figure that out, he said, you brood of vipers. Like, woe to you guys. Like, he's put off by this religious system. And so when we, because here's the whole thing about the Pharisees. They originally had the Ten Commandments, right? We're going to go way back. Okay. Great. All right. So they originally had these Ten Commandments. That God did not deviate from the Ten Commandments. Then what happened is man came in with religious system. And just Lane, you can probably help me with this. About how many did they end up when Jesus came in? It was like over 900. Like laws that the Pharisees said, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't eat that, blah, blah, blah. So it's literally this list of rules of do's and don'ts, most likely just don'ts, and they're putting that off as, hey, this is how we enter into the Holy of Holies. This is holiness as as a list of do's and don'ts. And Jesus is so put off by that because he, he doesn't care about the do's and the don'ts. He cares about, I wanna have dinner with you. That's holiness. Holiness has, 
hear me on this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Holiness has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do. Holiness has everything to do with your proximity to the Father. That's holiness. I'll say it again. Great. Holiness has nothing to do with what you do or don't do, but has everything to do with your proximity to the Father. Now, when I say this, don't see this as a license to just do whatever. It's like, hey, yeah, holiness is just being close to God. Let's go watch porn. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your proximity to the Father creates in you a byproduct to have a distaste for the things that have a, that the Father has a distaste for. Yeah. So it's not about, oh, i got to check off these boxes. I'm, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I made holiness. I did it today. It, no, it's all about I'm close to the Father, and if he is wholly complete and lacking nothing, by default, it's going to get on me. It's going to get in my DNA. And then from that point, I don't even have an appetite for that stuff. To where it's not even a, a second thought. I, um, I was reminded of this conversation. I was reminded literally just in my head right now. I was reminded of this conversation I was having with uh, Chloe, Michael, and Jahan on our way to a triple date. Anyways, we were talking about this person who was no one in this room. No one you guys know. But we were talking about this person who's riddled with anxiety about, what was it, uh, COVID maybe? I don't know. It was like fear, fear of COVID or something, um, which whatever. I mean, no, no stones, no judgment. But here's the thing is this person was saying uh, they took the vaccine, but they said we wanted to make sure we were uh, beyond fear. We didn't want to make a decision out of fear. So we waited until we weren't afraid of it. And then we took the vaccine. That's great. Here's the issue is now they're still just talking about, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, like, did you wash your hands enough? Did you do, like all this stuff? So what they've done is they've created this lie in their head that they're, they're beyond fear because they feel like they've gone over it and they're just like, okay, yeah, we've passed through fear. When, when you're not afraid of something, it doesn't even have a framework in your head. Like, um, who used to be, um, well, I'll just say this. I mean, I think all of us used to be afraid of the dark at some point. Like, right? You still may be afraid of the dark, okay? Because here's the thing. Let me ask you. You're still afraid of the dark? Okay, so let me ask you this. When you come into a dark room, does your heart start to... Yeah, okay? So let me, let me tell you this. I used to be afraid of the dark, but I'm not now. You want to know why I know I'm not afraid of the dark? Because I come into a dark room... And I walk the same way as I would if it was perfectly lit. Because I have no, no framework for that creating a hindrance for me. That's holiness. Is to where you're so close to the Father, this stuff over here, doesn't, it's, not, it's not even enticing to you. It's not, oh, I'm so free from this. I'm, I'm so good. I'm, and, and like you keep like, look, it's like when you have a crush on a girl and like, and you're like, and you said, well, not as like where you keep looking until <laughs> like, I don't like her. <laughs> oh, she breathed twice in that second. Oh my gosh. I never did that anyways. But, but we, we try to like fool ourselves into saying, oh, I, I'm beyond that. I was like, 
No, it, it, still, it still has a hold on you. You may not be actively in it, but is it off of you? Yeah. Like, is it still part of your framework? So if it's still part of your framework, guys, up here in the front, if it's still part of your framework, I would encourage you to get a little bit closer in proximity. Get a little bit closer. And one more. And one more. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You and me. I love it. Um, so I think, I think that's holiness. Um, because here's the thing. Um, oh, I love this. Okay. How many of you guys have ever heard, uh, we probably say it a lot, not a lot in church, because I think we do a pretty good job of kicking uh, religious BS in the face. Um, it, it is religious BS, because here's, here's what religion will do. Religion will set up borders, because that's, that's what the Pharisees were all about. They're like, let's insulate ourselves into our religious system, and let's keep all the dirty crap out, and let's just make sure we're pure pure <laughs> okay um but huh oh anyway yeah sorry I appreciate it um you ever just start a sentence and then lose your train of thought but anyways oh here we go here we go so um oh yeah religious bs okay so uh they just say all this stuff about like oh we're we're this holy thing okay whatever but um but I think we do a pretty good job of just not fitting into that mold of like, oh, well, I don't even know. Like, what, what do you, I don't even know how to be religious. I'm so free, whatever. Um, you can become religious in your non-religiousness, by the way. Like, you can find like religion, like all these people were doing like these 24-hour like worship bombs and they're like, no one else on the planet's doing this. Like, we're so cutting edge. Like, yeah, like we just, the Lord just blew our face off and it was amazing. And then they just become religious in doing the 24 because it's just something that gets checked off. That's why when we did 24 hours and 12 hours of worship every month, it was just something that we checked off the list and was like, okay, you know what we did when we got down to the end of the year? We stopped them. Because we're like, we're not going to do something just because we're going to check a box. Like, we're going to do something that's impactful. And then you know what got birthed out of that? Worship week. And you know what was incredible? Worship week. It was great. And so, um, anyways, I think we do a pretty good job of not uh, buying into all this, like, religious stuff. But um, when we say think this, all of that was a segue to this. When we say things like, this is a holy moment, right? I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. It's like, hey, like, this, like... Something is happening, and this is like a holy moment. I used to think, oh, hold on. Are you guys like on the edge of your seats to know what I used to think? Was that a dollar and five cents? I didn't even know what that sound was. That was amazing. I didn't know I could make that noise. Anyways, I used to think when um, I, I grew up Presbyterian. I'll just say that. Um, and I don't think I heard the phrase Holy Spirit or holiness until I was 15 years old, except for when they sang that song that I've been singing all day. Do you guys remember that? Holiness, holiness is what I long for. No? No, probably not because it's not a good song. <laughs> like, and then it goes, thankfulness, <laughs> the same progression. And it's like, it just keeps, it's like the 99 bottles song. It just keeps going. Anyways, um, when, when I first heard the phrase, like, hey, this is a holy moment, I was like browbeated into this, 
idea of holiness was things that you did and things that like you didn't do. Like when you talk about like literally like the Jesus movement, like the holiness movement, there's literally like a whole movement of Christianity and it's characterized by people staying far away from the things that they thought were secular. And it's characterized by things they didn't do, not by the proximity that they were to the father. Like if we would have highlighted that, like history would have looked a whole lot better on the holiness movement than it did on what it's actually known for. But anyways, a holiness movement was great. But when people would say, hey, this is a holy moment, I would just kind of wait with like bated breath, be like, don't breathe or else my humanity is going to squander this holy moment. Like don't move or else the, like the spirit's going to leave. Like it's a holy moment. If you think a bad thought, you're going to die. Like that sort of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and don't get me wrong. There is a very real holy fear that, that can come on you when like, the presence of God comes into a room. I mean, I can remember many times being in my bedroom and just like I'd have music going or I was singing or whatever, and then it just shifted where like he walked in the room. And I was like, I remember one time specifically, I was like face down in the carpet. Um, I Just because I was like, I mean, when you talk about like being not like laid out in the spirit, like, oh, and like the courtesy fall, but I'm talking like, <laughs> the Holy spirit is in here. And like, and I don't know what to do. Like, I just got to lay down like, cause he's holy. And that's my only response is I've got to get low. But I can remember there was a time I was like, if I look up, like, I swear, like I'm going to, I'm going to see him like, and I'm going to die. Like, I mean, Moses saw the backside of God and his face shine for a long time. Backside of God. And anyways, but anyways, so I, that, that was my, that was my framework for this is a holy moment is don't let your humanity squander what's happening. Um, so, and let's not defile it with our unholiness that we walk in. Um, but when we say like, Hey, this is a holy moment. Really what it's meaning is, Hey, the father is on this right now. And so let's respond accordingly, not don't do anything or he might leave. It's, hey, he's here. Let's commune with him. And then when we commune with him, our taste for those things subsides. So when it's a holy moment, that's not an invitation to just be like, oh my God, yeah, it's crazy. But it is, it is an invitation to come to the table. I did it better that time. That's, that's holiness. That's a holy moment. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So... Um, if you want to write one more thing down, let's do this. We've talked about, um, what'd you say, purity? Uh, For, you said purity. I knew it was one of the... I thought that too for a long time, that holiness and purity were synonymous, that you, they could just be interchanged like Chloe and wife and bride and mother and all this. Like it's the same entity. Like it, it's not. Holiness is not purity, Okay. Purity stems from holiness. I want you to see purity kind of like a fruit and holiness being the tree. Okay? So obviously you cannot have purity without holiness. But you can have holiness and not have purity. Because purity is determined by your proximity to the Father. 
Okay, so when you can you can live in holiness and come in and out of holiness, but I guarantee you, because I've tried it, I've seen other people try it, it will not work. You cannot um, maintain purity without a close proximity to the Father. You will not do it. It is impossible. You in your own humanity cannot maintain the level of purity that you're called to walk in as a son and daughter of God without being close and connected to the Father. So as Jesus is saying, hey, be holy as I am holy, he's saying, hey, come up here with me and live in purity, live in wholeness, live in lacking of nothing. So when we say holiness, it's no, not, not, <laughs> it's all right. Let's say it. Holy. Is what I long for. Anyways, when we say holiness, I don't want us to think about a list of rules and rights that we have to do. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with our closeness and proximity to the Father. That's the invitation. And so what will inevitably happen is when we walk in holiness, 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 where we would say, oh, I got to keep away from this. That, that's like pseudo holiness is trying to keep away from this. Like, oh, I've got to stop because this is holiness. But when you when you walk in holiness and you no longer have a taste for this, like I'm not advocating for that you do this, but I'm just saying you should be to a point where like you're in so much holiness that if you used to be addicted to cigarettes and someone says, hey, do you want any? It doesn't even phase you. It's like, no, you should be walking in so much holiness that if someone says, hey, let's go to the strip joint and let's just minister to some of these ladies, you should be go be able to go in there without turning to the right or to the left or doing any of that sort of stuff. That's holiness. And so when we, when we think that it's just this, oh, I got to keep away from things, it's pseudo holiness because holiness in its most basic uh, function is to draw close the people who are far off on the edges. That's why when Jesus walked in holiness, he pushed away the people who thought they were doing it right in their own sense of like valor, but then he brought close the people who actually needed him. And so when you walk in holiness, it naturally brings in the broken and it naturally brings in the bruised and the hurting. And we've been talking about Luke 4 at team about binding up the brokenhearted and setting loose the captives. You cannot do that without walking in holiness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't see it as, oh, i got to stay away. That's the exact opposite of holiness. Holiness says, I'm so close to the Father, we're going to go there together. And we're going to liberate captives. That's holiness. Okay? So, God, thank you for the command and the invitation to walk in holiness, that it's not a list of rules that we have to do, but it's an invitation to be close to you and to walk with you and to know you more and to know you more fully. Give us some opportunities this week to exert our holiness uh, in whatever way that looks. Let us just uh, be bold in our holiness. Let's do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.